Hello, my name is Anne Duggan. I've been interested in the housing and care of aging people since my childhood. My several careers were different in scope, but similar in the belief that aging is a natural process. Applying the philosophy of person-centered care will create a safe, socially connected and comforting environment for healthy aging. This podcast is where I have conversations with my friend Ria about our life stories, some practical knowledge about aging, and some thoughts on caregiving relationships. Hello and welcome. My name is Jie Zhang, Anne's friend. I am a professor of service management and a lifelong student of service design and delivery for aging people. And this is our conversation. In this episode, and relived her childhood memories of tasting freshly churned butter bits and sliding down Hay Mountain on her grandparents' farm. These memories helped her understand the needs of her grandparents when she cared for them as a teenager in Victoria. Her experience showed that walking alongside someone, both literally and figuratively, takes little time but calms the mind during sundowning. Good afternoon, Anne. Hello, nice to hear you. How are you doing today? I'm really well today, thank you. Loving mm-hmm. the sunshine. Yep, absolutely. We all need sunshine to feel happy and, and healthy. So, Anne, today I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. I have heard about this word, sundowning, in the circle of persons living with dementia, but I don't quite understand that terminology. Is there a story or an example that you can give me to help me understand it? That's a really interesting question for me to answer. Um, Sundowning is very common, or what we call sundowning is very common in people with dementia, especially in uh, the sort of early to mid uh, times. And it was very well exhibited to me when I was a child as I had the responsibility of looking after my grandparents who had come from uh, an isolated farm to live in the city with uh, my mother and my brothers and myself. And they were having trouble transitioning from country life to city life. Mm -hmm. It was new to them. And what I noticed as a child working with them that every day at around 4.30 or so after when I'd just been home from school a while, my grandfather would go out into the garden. We just lived on a regular city lot and he would go get the shovel out of the basement and go out into the backyard and start to dig. And I realized that he was, and he was looking um, for potatoes because he was used to going into the garden at home every day at that time and digging up enough fresh potatoes for dinner. That's very interesting. And you you, you must have spent quite a bit of time figuring that out, the the potato part. (laughs) I I knew and loved my grandparents very much. And I, I actually had a lot of intuition about how they thought and how they worked and everything. And because I'd spent a lot of my childhood at their farm with them, I knew and I was able to apply all of that to his life. I 
even as a child, I knew he must be very lonely uh, for his farm life where he'd been for 80 or 90 years. And um, I just knew that he needed more. That, and I, my, my <laughs> little 10-year-old heart used to break thinking about him digging in the garden and not finding the potatoes because we already finished our supply from that garden. So mm -hmm. I just thought, I asked my mom to buy me a sack of potatoes. Only in the morning before anybody was up, I would go out and I would um, plant about six or eight potatoes in the garden where I knew he was going to dig because he was in um, early dementia. So he wasn't doing new or different things. He was repeating the same behaviors every day. And uh, I would leave the shovel right at the end of that row so he would know where to dig. And then, then I was satisfied because then every day he would go out with his bucket to the garden and dig and he, sure enough, he'd find some potatoes and bring them in very happily to give to us for dinner. And so it worked. <laughs> wow, that's such a lovely, lovely story. And you, you were able to make the connection. Yeah, so how did yeah, that's, that's the connection that's so important to make in the whole business of dealing with people who are dementing. It's to try to figure out where they are and what they're doing because they're not doing ain't necessarily doing aimless things. They're trying to connect to something that they know or did know sometime and they might not even remember exactly what it is. But... I just seem to have a second nature as a child that understood that. And I haven't actually learned very much differently in all the years I've been working in this kind of business. The other example I used with him um, was uh, if he was very restless sometimes and it, I'd realize it was the time of day something would have been happening. And mm -hmm. often it was the time for the animals, the cows to come from the field into the barn. And so then I was able to just take him out onto our front porch um, on a normal residential street in Victoria and sit with him. And I would count out all the cows, because I knew all the names of all this cattle. So mm -hmm. I could just say, oh, here comes Bessie over the bridge now. And I would just go through the whole business of bringing the cattle home. Mm -hmm. and he knew he was in the city. And I knew he knew he was in the city. But I really wanted to protect those memories that he did have. Um, that made him comfortable. And, and so he was never in what I call conflict with his current environment. And mm. now we see so many people in that conflict because they're not where they're used to being in their own minds and mm -hmm. always trying to figure out what's going on. So I, as a kid, I tried to keep them as much as I could wherever they wanted to be in their minds, because both my grandparents lost memory at about the same time, mm -hmm. the same degree. And they were easy to deal with because of that. I adopted all of those tricks I learned then, and I've used them always. Uh, and it, it has worked, uh, mm -hmm. interestingly enough, in many, many uh, situations.
Yeah, this is so heartwarming, warming, and and it's not easy. You made it sound easy, but <laughs> if you think about it, you really have to be extremely perceptive. But before that, you must have this firm belief that this person is not imagining things, is living in the normal way, right? Is is they are doing things that that seem very natural to them. It's just the environment that they currently live in may not be so accessible to them in a way that it to their mind, right? In their mind, they might still be way more familiar with their old environment, like the farm that they they spent 70, 80 years, you said? Yes, they were there a long time, their whole lives. And uh, no, it's very, it's easily to transpose that experience into the current living experience that people who are dementing are living in, in, in uh, care homes and so on, because there's always a tendency for us as caregivers to just kind of correct them or say, oh no, you know, what just, I heard a someone here the other day uh, where I live, someone was directing an elderly person uh, to go to the t TV room. And she was speaking to her as if she was just a normal 40 year old or something. This was a 90 year old lady who was obvious to me it was, that she was not sure where she was or what she was doing. Mm. And I heard the caregiver say to her, oh, just go down the hall, you'll find the TV room on your left. Well, it meant nothing to this lady, just nothing. I could tell by the look on her face and everything. And I just wanted to stop everything, but it's not my business to do that. But it's so true because we have to learn if we're going to keep them safe and keep them somewhat interested in being alive, then we've got to challenge ourselves to go where they are in their heads. It, we don't need all the details of their whole life, but we do need to know them a little bit as people. Mm -hmm. Seek out what we think they're looking for because everybody's looking for something. Mm -hmm. They're either uncomfortable and want to be more comfortable or the temperature's not right or the lighting is too much or there's always something. But if we just keep trying to tell them what to do next, it's not a very uh, exciting life for them. It's pretty, mm -hmm. pretty hard on them, really. So uh, what I hear is do not assume. That's right. A lot, right? Do not assume that you know what that person needs. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So let's just use that example, that 90-year-old lady mm -hmm. that you yeah. saw yesterday. So how would you advise that caregiver if, if you were well, asked to? <laughs> Well, at one time in this world of caring and having <laughs> uh, places for people to live when they're old, at one time there would have been plenty of time for a caregiver to take that woman by the hand and take her to the, where she wanted her to go and mm. make sure she was comfortable there. Yeah. What happened, and especially with COVID, but it's happened in general anyway, everyone is short of time. Everyone is overworked. Everyone is rushing from one job to the next. I see. And nobody seems to remember that it wouldn't take long. It would just take 
40 seconds probably to walk that lady down the hall a little way and show her and then she'd be fine mm -hmm. to send somebody off on a track down the hall when we know at least i know that lady did not know where she was you know it's it's pointless um but there's a lot of that goes on still and i keep having the hope that one day we'll get back to the point where we can actually walk with someone down mm. the corridor and not just have to send them on a journey on their own. Um, so I'm, I'm ever hopeful, but I'm not seeing a lot of it these days. I see. Yeah, that's a great advice. I, some of my research is in hospitality and what you just mentioned is, is something that people do in, in hospitality is if people ask you a direction, <laughs> you would say walk with me i will show you where it is right so exactly. that service mindset we yeah. really need to keep yeah. it up right and the, and the whole point of walking with someone is you're calming them because as they're walking you would match your step to theirs and you would breathe a little bit more loudly than you usually do so they will match your breathing and you can actually bring their stress level down just calm them just by being with them and demonstrating through your own body what it is you want them to be doing they will happily um, match that and, and uh, mirror you so that's just another a part of that uh, equation besides uh, directing them, you're actually physically helping them stay mm -hmm. calm. Right. And you might get into a short conversation and know a bit more about that person, That's right? A wonderful opportunity to talk about something else altogether. So often we hear people saying about, oh, did you enjoy your lunch or uh, what are you doing or whatever. Whenever we ask a question, we know that's an alarm signal for the client. They know there's a question coming and they know they're not going to know the answer to it. And so uh, it's just so much nicer to have a chat about something else altogether. Mm. That um, doesn't relate to them or their body or where they are at that moment. And those are all the little tricks that um, families can use at home and, and caregivers can use in facility to just keep people so not only are they feeling a little calmer, they're actually looking calm, they're not just ambling around aimlessly. Um, and where they're settled down with a content look on their face. It, it's a huge reward for caregivers when they can reach that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it really is a, is a mutual, yeah. ben, mutually yeah. beneficial. Yeah. So, and we're getting to the end of today's conversation. So if you could share me a, a best memory that you had on that farm with your grandparents, what would you... <laughs> Describe. I mean, it must be a long time ago by now, but a long time ago. I've been back several times over the other generations. I have in the gen next generations had the farm, but my memories are from when I was small and my grandparents were there, and uh, my grandfather was making butter on the big churn, and he always made us little 
I forget what he called them. Anyway, they were little fishes. They were made of but drops of nice fresh butter from <laughs> which he would pull out and give to us if we stood there really quietly and didn't bother him. And uh, that was beautiful. And the uh, I remember um, the other one was in the barn sliding down the haymow where all the hay was stored for the year. And we'd get right up into the very top of it and then slide down to the outside. I I, I think about that quite often because nowadays I don't think children would be allowed to do that because there would, you'd be convinced they were going to break all their bones and everything, but um, we didn't. And uh, it's those kind of absolute joyful things that you could do that you couldn't do in the city. I just remember all of that. And I remember what kind of people they were who were outstanding human beings. They were amazing what they accomplished in their lives and the uh, graciousness with which they did it always. So it was a very healthy and happy uh, environment when I was a kid. Mm, wow, thank you so much for sharing that memory. I, can, I can't even picture you sliding <laughs> down that, uh, that mountain. <laughs> it was great. That's wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay.